You've reached the Revolution Fight and Fitness Podcast. Today we've got Nikolai Gianti coming in, talking to us about some of the things he's been doing since uh, we've been closed up, and also getting involved in his mental and physical aspects of his MMA career. We uh, did talk about this with Logan last week, and um, you know how you know how a fighter can handle not only his successes but how he handles his failures. Uh, which is a huge part, you know, you, if you, you take a failure and you let it eat you up and you never get back from it, um, it ends a lot of careers that way. So it's a very important aspect and it's good to know how, uh, you know, other people kind of uh, deal with those things in order to be able to use them in your uh, fight career or your personal life. So that's, uh, that's what we're going to be doing today and uh, here we go, LFG. All right, here back at Rev. Uh, it's Memorial Day. We're getting ready to open up tomorrow. I got Nikolai Gianti here with us. How you doing, man? Good. Good. Ready yeah. to get back to work. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's been a long road. What have you been uh, been doing? Anything good, interesting to kind of keep up or just taking the time? A lot of bag work, a lot of studying, just things like that. Nothing too crazy when we can't really do anything. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 you know, the weird thing is when they... The work group from the state that made these rules, I think that the ones that might have had any kind of, you know, people doing mitt work or things like that or sparring, I don't think that they, they probably just kept their mouth shut so they wouldn't put any restrictions on it. So, you know, kudos to them for, for doing that because, you know, when you, when you go through the rules, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of difference that we have to do. No, no. So, yeah, I'm ready to get back to work. Uh, I don't know when we're going to fight again, but... Yeah. I'm thinking probably September. September? I think, I thought that I saw, actually, USA Boxing, we can start having sanctioned fights here as of June 1st. Can, so, I don't know how the state's going to That's what I mean. It. That involves finding fans and allowing them to be there, because all these small promotions have to make money. Yeah. And that's where it's going to Well, and they in. never do, well, they say they never make any money <laughs> on it, but, um, so who knows. But, yeah, hopefully, hopefully they'll be doing something, um, I think Fresh told me he's going to try to put on a show in July. Yeah, I'm good. Hey, I got give me three weeks and I can. Right, my right. cardio is good enough. I can make three. I can do three weeks. Yeah, on anything. Yeah, we had Logan here last week and he's he was the same way. He's yeah. like, I don't care. Just yeah. give me three weeks. My cardio is good enough. I've been working. Yeah, put a body in the cage and you're ready to go. <laughs> I, I <laughs> we I've got one I, I want and I'm hoping we can get it. So. You throw a name out there. Um, we. We pitched it. It's just a, a guy with a pretty decent-sized record. Yeah. So if we can get it, I think. I know Scott Corbin's offered us to about a year ago. Yeah. Um, and I think I think if we can get it, it'd be a fun one. Good. So, yeah. Cool. So you've got um, – you're 2-1 right now. Um, you were 7-0? Was 6-0 six, six MMA, 2-0 boxing, 1-0 Muay Thai. During, during your amateur career, yeah. As yeah. An amateur, yeah. Um, so you, you know, you and Logan had a real similar amateur um, kind of upbringing, and then uh, you know, you both. I was a dick to Logan last week about this <laughs> kind of same kind of question because um, I think it's important. You know, people that you know think that everybody's invincible, and then something real bad happens, and you know how people deal with it and how they deal with it differently. Um, I think everybody here's been in that boat. So your first pro fight didn't go great no, no. um walk, walk me through what happened there so in i was supposed to fight in march of that year 
uh, for my pro debut in Cleveland. So I had sold like what 115 tickets, yeah. something stupid. Like I was filling the place, and I made weight. I think I oh, I got strapped the week before because the week of the fight, and then they had the huge ice storm. I ended up getting strep throat. Right. So I got an antibiotics. Ended up making weight on antibiotics. My opponent never showed up. So I think seven or eight weeks later, we jumped back in um, against a guy I should beat, I'd say. Uh, so I made weight for that. Kind of went through it and just wasn't ever mentally there. So normally I'm pretty good about having some nerves before the fight. I think that's normal and then kind of when things start um i'm able to kind of shut my brain off and just get to work right and the routine for that fight was a little different so every other fight i think we've ever been in you walk out you get all the checks from the the ref go in they announce all your stats and then you fight and i remember getting in waiting for them to announce my stats and the ref just looked at me and was like you ready to go i'm like yeah and in my head i'm like nope yeah so we touched gloves he came in i teeped him and when i teeped him he grabbed me he grabbed my foot and walked it in and instead of my knee bending normally it popped to the outside and so i tore my lcl with the first kick um and it was just kind of having like an out-of-body experience almost like i knew what i needed to do but i was thinking about everything yeah uh we got up against the cage kind of clinched up he threw a pretty decent elbow combo at me and popped my teeth. And I knew they weren't in the right spot. And I was like, okay, I just can't take my mouthpiece out. Like, mm -hmm. I knew between rounds, like, we get through the round, I can't take my mouthpiece out because right. the teeth are stuck in there right now or Ugh. they're not where they need to be. Uh, so I ended up landing a head kick, saw his eyes get real big, and I was like, I got you. Like, tides are turning. That's what I got. And he just shrugged it off and walked through it. I'm like, okay, that's all. <laughs> that's all I had. And, um, I don't think I was ever really hurt, like, to the head or anything, even with those elbows. Like, I was all aware. I just mentally wasn't there. Uh, he ended up taking my back and kind of catching me with a choke. And then I found out we had about 30 seconds before yeah. the end of the round. Uh, so, um, yeah, after that, you know, uh, I think what I spent the next six months just kind of coaching. I showed up Monday to the gym. Yeah, yeah, with, I remember that. Lock, with a brace that locked me from from hip to ankle um you know obviously as i was starting to get healthy some things went down where we ended up you know kind of switching changing things up with jim right uh and for a while i just don't really know no didn't know if i was going to fight again um it was just one of those like i felt like i had kind of been screwed over by a lot of people that were kind of in my corner at that time mm. and i felt like i kind of got abandoned when I was probably my most vulnerable as a fighter. You know, first loss ever really experiencing. And there's a difference between losing a, a, a points tournament in jiu-jitsu versus, uh, you know, an MMA fight where a hundred people watch me, that love and care, watch me get my ass kicked. Right. So we ended up switching gyms. And I know all you guys are like, you know, we're going to open in July. You know, I'm like, okay, like, I'll be there. Still in my head, I was like, I'll go. I don't really know if I'm going to fight yet. Like, I wasn't ready to commit to anything. And come sort of probably September, I was starting to feel good. We were kind of getting in a groove. 
and I had reached out to Tyler Wombles, who, you know, helps me out in California, and was like, you know, I'm gonna come out when I have a fight kind of booked, and and kind of work out there. So we kind of got everything ready here. I went out there. Uh, they obviously welcomed me with open arms. Got a lot of work in there with a lot of good people. Came back here, was still feeling good, um, and just mentally was was real fixed. I think a lot of things that I just kind of learned with it were like, at the end of the day, yeah, I got my ass kicked and I can laugh about it now. I mean, shit, I put up posts that say like, this is the last day I had with full set of teeth. (laughs) But, um, you know, I, I, I did that, um, kind of realized everyone was still there for me. The guys that were still caring about me were in my corner. And, uh, I, saw a sports psychologist for a little bit that really kind of helped me put a lot of that in perspective and kind of just the big takeaway was you know being able to like meditate and kind of focus on that which I kind of do before every fight now and then the other was worst comes to worst you lose you get your ass kicked and everyone still loves you so what's the big deal right like that's fair okay cool. yeah yeah you had you were you were in a long fight camp before yeah. that fight too and yeah everything there was all kinds of external drama and things like that going on at that Because we were time. supposed to fight January, then March, and finally in May, and I was just smoked yeah. and burned out. So. Yeah, I, re- I remember that. I remember training with you, and you were... Yeah. You didn't want to put in the super long rounds that we typically do no. when we work, because, yeah, you were just... You were burned. You were yeah. you're tired. I was, I was probably a 24-week to 30-week fight. It was something yeah. stupid. Like, we started in, like, November, yeah. getting ready for January, and ended up fighting in bay yeah so it was ugly and and you've had a history of that too um along with everybody else i mean um as far as having these long fight camps um you know i the the first time i really had any real interaction with you during a fight i think was down in akron your guy showed up made weight and his music came on for the walkout yeah and no guy (laughs) And we were all trying to figure out where the hell he was, and somebody said he was in his car <laughs> in the parking lot. So I went out there and started talking to him, and the first words I ever said to your dad were, Joe, shut the F up, because <laughs> I'm down there. I almost got this kid out of his car. I told him, I said, look, man, I go, you owe this to Nikolai to at least go in there, take a punch, and drop. I, whatever you're going to do, you owe that to him at least. And... uh He's, he's like, oh, everyone's going to hate me. I'm like, everyone's going to hate you, but at least they'll respect you if you go back. And and then your dad started yelling from the top of the hill, I'll come down there and kill you. I'll rip you out of that car. It's like, oh, Joe. Shit. And now he was done at that point. He was like, oh, I'm never going in there now. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. You've, you've had a ton of those kind of things where, you know, you have these long camps and then there's no, no, payoff. Um, no payoff whatsoever. You know, and that's got to mentally be as, as it's got to be as difficult mentally as it is physically. I think MMA is one of those weird. Uh, I'm in a smaller weight class, so that doesn't help. But I think the other weird thing about MMA, uh, as opposed to boxing, right? Boxing, when you have a guy that you think is talented, you tend to build him up with 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 cans. Mm. You tend to build him up, prop their record up, and then they start getting more competitive fights. And there's kind of like that ramping level up, and it's a consistent thing with boxing. With MMA, we really don't do that. You know, you look at even, like, Devontae and Gunther. Mm. Those two fought when they were, like, 4-0. and yeah. In boxing, they wouldn't have fought until they were, what, 30? Right. 31-0? Yeah. So, I think with box, with MMA, I think some of the guys do have a mentality 
where they think they want to ramp up their record, and I get that, but I think there's also a point with taking fights. I mean, for me, it doesn't make sense to make, take a fight with a debut guy, right? Mm-hmm. I, I have three fights and a winning record. What's it make sense for me to take a debut guy? But if I'm offered another two-and-one guy, three-and-one guy, hell yeah, I'm going to take that fight because right. it makes sense. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to go no and repeatedly say, I'll fight you and then never do it. Right. That doesn't make sense. And you were you were offered a fight up in Canada. Was it last year? Was that like on, on like a two week notice for a title? Five days notice. <laughs> Five days for a title fight in Canada. In and those, Canada, and, and those boys in there, dude. Yeah, those boys in Canada. They they're not they don't mess around up there either. I mean, they're they they're out for they're, they're out like, for more blood than anything the else. Shakiest offer I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, make make weed. On four days, yeah. Drive up to the country, <laughs> get the hell out of here, and, and and fight our guy, right? And fight our dude. <laughs> like, come on. The other one was the uh, the one in New York when they're like, "You want to fight this dude? He's uh, nine and zero, and it's one thirty-five." I'm like, "Yeah, cool." Up a weight class, yeah. Let's go up a weight class, <laughs> guys. I skipped breakfast to get to thirty-five. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. So coming back, um, we're you you work over at AIM, yes. Right? Yep. And, and, and what do you do over there? So I do personal training there, and then I do group classes over at a gym It's pretty much affiliated with them called F3. It's right down the road. But I do a lot of group classes out of there. So that's obviously my day job, uh, personal training and, and running group fitness classes. It's all fitness stuff that yeah. you do over there. Yeah. 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 Um, when you when you do cross-train, you go out to Tyler Wombles yep. in California and where was the other place you went? You went to New Mexico, didn't you? Uh, I don't really go there anymore. So I've been there before, but when I go out, so if I have a fight camp now, um, I'll go out, I'll see Tyler at Classic Fight Team, and then they kind of have a boxing guy that they're associated with, mm-hmm. Chewy. So Raw Talent Boxing and, and Classic Fight Team. And then since Jessica I is three hours away, I go there yeah. and uh, work over at Extreme Couture with her or okay. the PI. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And you do you work with Darren over there too? Yeah, Darren's yeah. there, so I, you know I get some look with the Ohio people, and then obviously Tyler and all those guys have been great and just taking me in and you know treating me like a fighter, yeah, like all their guys. So yeah, it's good. The uh, your injuries, you're you're all you're healed up completely now from all oh, the injuries. I'm good injuries. to go. I'm good yeah. to go. The uh, the knee, I know every now and again you, you throw a teep at me when I'm catching mitts for you, and it just always makes me nervous. Yeah, right? It, it just because. You know, when you take an injury like that, you've, you've got to, it's got to be in the back of your mind every time you throw that piece out there, regardless if you're, if you're healed up or not. It was pretty, in, it was in my head until the first time I went to, I did, since Cody Lewis teaches wrestling at Jefferson, I went mm-hmm. to one of their wrestling practices, and the first time when someone grabbed my leg and I twisted out of something, and I was like, oh, everything's still intact, we're good. Okay. So yeah, everything's <laughs> healthy, we're good, well, healthy as I can be. Yeah, yeah. The um, you're you're talking about um, September. Hopefully, I would love July. July would be fantastic, yeah. but I just don't see July being a realistic option. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know how they, you know, how they can do it without without people right. buying tickets. And and I mean, even you know, for a pro fighter, they got they got to pay you to oh, fight yeah. too. So, I mean, so yeah, if they've got nothing at all coming and in, and you figure if they put a minimum of three guys, even if every one of them is getting the base. Uh, pro pay, let's say bare minimum, you're still looking at probably close to four 
grand just oh, wow. strictly with amateur or with pro fighters. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and then you base and then a lot of that stuff's based on ticket sales too yep. for you guys. Yeah. So. So. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. So, Scott, get off your ass and uh, start promoting some fights and get them working here. Scott, just ask me what the name is and I'll tell you. <laughs> so, you know, we we're just kind of talking in, in a little bit of a break there about the guy that you're you're looking to fight um, next. The, you know, it, it, it's it's weird. It's aggravating for me as a coach to try to get you guys fights and, and people backing out and people picking and choosing, you know, and, and you'd mentioned, you know, it's not worth it to you to fight a debut guy or it's not worth it to go to New York and fight a 9-0. and yeah, Weight you, class you, above. Yeah, weight class above and stuff like that. You know, you're 29th? 8, 28. 28. Um, you know, how long, you know, where, 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 What's your next step? I mean, what what is the end game for you? Like, do you think perfect world? Perfect world. Perfect world. Thirty five, thirty six. Mm -hmm. Call it. Um, I'd love to be say I, you know, got somewhere around twenty wins. Yeah. Plus, um, and then I'm gonna coach after. Yeah. I know I will. You know, I think get it, my jujitsu black belt obviously is a goal. Um, I do want to take a pro tie fight at some point. I mm -hmm. think that'd be fun. Um, and then just coach and kind of give it back and just, you know, I think I've seen a lot of mistakes made kind of throughout my career in terms of, of training fighters or just putting them in too early. Mm -hmm. And I think kind of understanding where my mentality would be with coaching, I, I think would be, you know, I think I, I have the brain for it. I'm not a freak athlete. I'm not Logan, right? right? I, I'm not the I'm not the poor end of the spectrum when it comes to train to right, an right. athlete. But I'm not I'm not Logan. I'm not a mod. I'm not those guys. So I do have to be a little more analytical, and I think that could help me to be a coach in later years. Right. So. Yeah. The uh, T and and Montana come up here and they spar with you a ton with, <laughs> for boxing, and. Uh, you know, they keep saying, you know, why aren't why aren't you boxing? <laughs> I'll do a boxing fight. I don't care. <laughs> you know, because you know they we we've got you know, like I said, Montana Love. He comes up here and he spars, and he's he's an he's an animal. He, yeah. He's really up and coming as far as the boxing world goes. And you know, you guys go in there and you don't you don't win. No. But you know, he, he actually right now I just heard he's like 187 pounds. Oh, that's comfy. Can you imagine getting hit by him at 187 pounds? I don't like getting hit by him at 160. <laughs> right? Or 145? Yeah, is that where he's fighting? Or yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. But, you know, is is that, you know, because that's something you can do, you know, boxing you can do even later in life. Um, you know, I'm a prime example of that. <laughs> um, you know, you think that that might be a, a, a way to extend your career out a little bit. I'd probably extend my career with jujitsu, to be honest. Yeah. If I, if I, you know, I'd love to do when I'm like 40, 45, still doing jujitsu competitions. Right. Still rolling, pump me full of just TRT, mm -hmm. juice to the tits. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> sitting there like 5'6, 150, just <laughs> looking like Matt Sarah. <laughs> That'd be weird to see you at that size. Exactly. That'd be very <laughs> so, Nick, like, take take a minute here and uh, give your shout outs to uh, some of your uh, sponsors that help you out uh, with your training and your uh, 
and, and making sure that you've got some funds in order to yeah. keep this going. Yeah, they're obviously a benefit because I do travel to train. Um, so locally, I got Brian McCrone at Square City Tattoos. He does all my tattoos. Um, so you've seen me. I don't have terrible MMA tattoos. So clearly he does a good job. Uh, fitness first, Angelo, Kristen. I mean, they're the best. They, they send me out with be it funds or apparel or supplements they're always you know there to help me out Hooli house in manor so if you do need an irish pub to go to uh they're open again post quarantine they got they got a they got a deck so or an outside patio patio would be the word i'm looking for they can eat inside now too i think maybe because i actually sat in a restaurant the other day and i thought it was it it felt dirty well you can eat there too (laughs) uh northeast ohio canine solutions billy billy sutton just the best him uh obviously trained my dog mm-hmm. who is the you have a dog oh, i know right I, I, best thing in my no life idea. i love that dog to death <laughs> she's awesome my little pug puppy so them um chris bardo construction uh they helped me out obviously as well and then miss mary jane's uh cbd yeah he's you know hooked me up with some cbd supplements introduced me to a lot of the guys in out in California and is really now just based on the connections he has is trying to kind of help me grow as a brand a little bit more so hopefully in you know the next couple weeks we can have something a little more concrete with that and uh you know maybe helping me to kind of build my name as a fighter as well because you know I mean he's been a great guy to me and uh that's just kind of one of those ones that happened organically so Nice. Between them and the rest of my sponsors, uh, you know, I can't thank any of them enough, and I'm, you know, super excited to continue to rep all them proud. And then obviously, you know, the gyms, you know, Revolution, um, where I do all of this here, and then I get to go out and train with, you know, Classic, and obviously Jessica helps me out a ton, Tyler, um, Chewy, so all those dudes. You know, yeah, it's great to have those connections. Very cool. Well, I think that's probably about it. Um, thanks for coming in. Yep. We'll see you tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, we've got uh, Sean Doherty coming in for to start off our uh, catch wrestling program back up, and hopefully we'll have an announcement soon. I'm trying to work on a boxing guest coach too, um, so some different things coming, some different looks of the gym right now because of all the ridiculousness that we have to abide by, but um, still going to be awesome. Yeah, we'll see you, man. Take care. All right, good deal. So that's it for today. Good talking to Nikolai, kind of getting an idea of some of the things that uh, he's been through in his career. So today is Memorial Day, so please, um, you know, even if you're not listening to this on Memorial Day, take five minutes, look up a soldier that's passed away um, through combat or even in peacetime. Uh, A lot of people don't realize that, you know, there's a lot of deaths during peacetime. People laying their lives on the lines during wartime. abroad and uh, you know right in our backyard it happens and uh, just wanted to say thank you to those who've kind of ultimately sacrificed for for the rest of us and uh, tomorrow we will be opening back up May 26 finally and we're gonna have Sean Doherty in to uh, help us out and kick us off with bang that's it I will talk to you all later take care